You're in the circle. You're in the triad, bro. That's why you got to tell me. The please. Holy Trinity. The brown hair boys. <laughs> the brown boys. No, that's <laughs> no, can't say that. that. You can't say, delete. Delete it. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. I'm Andy Triefenbach. I'm Niles Maddox. I'm Patrick Kortkamp. And today on this episode, we have films that we've been watching in the past two weeks that are streaming. So hopefully we can give you some recommendations on films maybe you haven't heard of. Uh, maybe they are on your radar and uh, we'll tell you if they're really worth watching. How about that? In our opinion, if you respect it, I guess. Well, if they're listening to a podcast, yeah. I would hope they I guess, at least, I guess yeah, they, they respect they, us. I mean, if must, you're a new listener, I would just turn it off. What they, if they're hate no listening good. to us? Ah, they must like us somewhat. I mean, if they hate us and they listen to us, yeah. you got to really hate us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, motherfuckers. At least they're subscribed. I just, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for subscribing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is our continuous trend of, you know, basically giving you guys something to do. If you're trying to figure out a ne- the next movie to watch, you feel like you've seen everything on Netflix, everything on Hulu. Whatever, you know, channel you're watching. We're we're trying to give you some some gems, hopefully, that we found in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next Friday we'll have something a little different, more on course, I guess. That's a surprise. Uh, oh, yeah. that's a treat. That's a tasty. Yeah, that's treat. a tasty treat. That what? It's just a tasty treat. That's all we're gonna say. We, we're giving wait, out treats. Wait, wait, or we might have a bonus episode, basically. Okay, that's but that's cool. for you to find out until you know it'll just drop. That's it, all you need to know. Appear. Yeah, it'll just appear. Anyway, um, so this episode will just be covering you know again shit that we watched and we liked, and uh, we'll start it right now. Okay, Niles, what you got? Um, so yeah, don't kill me for mispronouncing. I think it's Gonjim, Gonjim. It's a uh, anyways, uh, the Haunted Asylum. You look up Haunted Asylum. It's on Amazon Prime. It's streaming. Uh, if you like the movie Grave Encounters, <laughs> or and or like Blair Witch, I would suggest this film. Yeah, my attention. Yes. So it's, you know, found footage type of film. Um, basically, it, it's you, if you've seen Grave Encounters, it's the exact same setup. It's a team of basically not ghost hunters, but they go and explore haunted, supposedly haunted locations. And a lot of them had the, the idea is that there's seven, you know, historically the most haunted places on Earth. And mm. they go to one of them, which is this like seven gates of hell. Yes. Mm. Kind of. <laughs> But, you know, it's like the 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 Doll Island in Mexico, stuff okay. like that. Like, they talk about a lot of that stuff. Gotcha. Um, but basically, they go to this haunted asylum, they sneak into it, and shit gets a little weird. But it's funny, because there's actually a lot of build-up to it. It's very... They, they really... Like, unlike Grave Encounters, they don't get right into the scares. I feel like they actually... It feels more natural on how they're actually making a show because they like stop them like every five seconds. They're like, okay, now do this. Now this girl's popular for this reason. So we want her to do like talk like she's cute and like, you know, because it's very YouTube friendly. I feel like it's that generation of people that just film themselves 24 seven. So they have like steady cams on their face constantly. So like Blair Witch. Okay. But um, anyways, shit does go awry. And like many Asian horror movies. It's double disturbing. I don't know why I, Asian horror scares me, but it scares the, this one scared the shit. So this out would of actually me. got you. Oh, it, absolutely. By the end of the film, I was terrified because there was just, I mean, obviously jump scares, but like, so they're actually mi- mixing in the psychiatric hospital that they investigate in with actual places. Yes. That's kind of cool. So this is a real place. So the the psychiatric hospital is yes, a real place. A real this place. isn't doctored up for the movie. 
Okay, because I know they have like the Suicide Forest from Japan, yes. the Island of Dolls, Absolutely. like you previously mentioned. And, then, and they talk okay. about all those. But this one, yeah, this is a real thing. You know, and it's one of those things, there's a lot of little CGI moments, but, you know, it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> so, I would suggest if you want a good jump scare type of movie with a supernatural twist, this is a good one to go to if you can do Korean film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and this is available on Prime. Prime. Yeah streaming it's also available on blu-ray but um but yeah i mean yeah. it's it's one of those things that they get more and more lost as they get into the asylum are they inside are they outside so like grave encounters where they like play with that like am i safe oh i'm not safe at all i shouldn't oh i i have no idea where i am time and space has lost itself yeah it's also available on hoopla if you don't have prime yeah so um but i think that's like the Library subscription. Anyway, Patrick, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time. Watch master, wow. not not a first time. <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> but it has been a while because Could you say it more like Freddy, please. Hell no, hell no, bitch. <laughs> there you go, man. That's better. Uh, so I mean, every year when you know you get kind of closer to the spooky season, uh. Elm Street, those are the movies I always have to include. Yeah. But there are some I watch more than others. You know, I love the first one. I love Dream Warriors. I even like Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Uh, New Nightmare. I love Freddy's Dead. I don't yeah. give a I, shit what I mean. I think they're good. I think it's good. Uh, but those are the four I usually have to watch every year. But this year, kind of getting into the season, I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to revisit the ones I haven't watched as much. This would be one of them for me. And this is I don't one think of them. I've seen this more than yeah. a handful of times. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say I I did enjoy it. I did find it watchable. It was fun, but uh because it, it picks up right after Dream Warriors. You have most of those returning characters coming back. Yeah. I saw, except yeah. Patricia Arquette's not back. It's Tuesday night playing her. Mm. Also does the theme song for the mm-hmm. movie. But uh how's the theme song go? Is it catchy? Running from this nightmare. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's I mean, it's, it's something. It's fun. I'll download that. <laughs> but, I'm going to make sure you guys are I mean, it's, that. Well, it. you could buy it on multiple vinyl releases that she's put oh, out. Yeah. Well, I think she's got like seven different versions of that actually, song. It's actually not on vinyl. They only, mm-hmm. they only oh, did it. That's right. She did like which, a uh, Kickstarter or something. Oh, yeah, I looked for failed. it. I was like, because the cover's great because like it's her and Freddie posing together. Yeah. It's like, man, that'd be great to own. But. So, you know, Patricia Arquette's missed, and I think the first time I watched it, that's what kind of drew me off on it. I was like, yeah, it's not the same. You don't have uh, Patricia Arquette in it as Kristen. And, but once you get past that, like I said, it is, it's, it's goofy. Freddie gets resurrected in a dream from like a dog pissing on his grave <laughs> really as you do goofy oh my like and that's the thing i remember watching early like nightmare on elm streets and being like okay well obviously yeah. two is a little whatever but then it just felt like a like a there's a setup it's gonna be yeah. some zaniness after three i thought three was a this, little serious a little more serious three was yeah i mean you still had Wes craven involved which is nice right. and, but yeah and this one it's like you hear a lot of people call this the most MTV of them because oh, it's yeah. very, very, like, you consider all of them to be in that 80s vein. Oh, but this sure. is the one that, like, this is, like, the pop culture. Right. You know, that's yeah, where Freddie Real hit. No, like, for, for sure, for sure. Like, I think I remember, I, I may have told you guys, I went to a carnival when I was young, and I remember getting a poster for this for this movie, this particular one, the century. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's a Freddy Krueger poster. And it just said nightmare on Elm street four. I could give a shit less about it. I hadn't seen any of the nightmare on Elm streets at that point, but I'm like, I I know who Freddy Krueger is. So it's like one of those things, like, I don't know if you've ever heard, uh, I forget who says it, but like kids know the jaws theme without ever seeing jaws. Yeah. Cause they'll be in the pool and they'll be like, don't don't, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is what kind of brought Freddy, I think, more into pop culture. However, it does... I always argue with that, though, in a weird way, because 
part three, I think, is what kind of brought him in, and four was just there to capitalize on it. Because four, three, and four were like a really yeah. quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, apparently this one was pretty successful well, too. I think it's at oh the yeah, time for sure. Where, like I don't, I, I think they were at the point where like they can do no wrong because yeah. Freddie was pop culture at that yeah. time, just like you know Michael Jackson and fucking you know whatever. That poster, by the way, I mean, it like the movie's fine, but the poster is actually. One of my favorite posters yeah, in the series. Matthew Peake. It looks great. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean it's not a great movie, but I I think after going back and like having not seen it in a while, I was like, okay, this is better than I remember. It's still pretty imaginative. You had some cool death scenes, like there's the waterbed and that yeah. part's cool. Mm-hmm. But uh actually like it's kind of visually appealing towards the end when uh Alice is facing Freddy Krueger and you have like the green lights and just the way the dream looks, it looks really cool. But uh, it's it. I mean, I will say this: I I watched Dream Child after this. So yeah, not. I remember I, not liking that when I watched it the first yeah. time. I remember being like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I was like, this one's not. It's good, too heavy but, for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, have you guys ever? Have you guys heard like the backstory, like with? Rennie Harlan, when he, how he got the job and everything. Yeah, sort of. I mean, so he directed Prison, and the producers thought it was a decent enough film, so that he they just threw him to the fire because yeah, I think it was like less than a year. Yeah, because it, it's on that uh, Never Sleep Again documentary. Yeah, yeah. On a couple times. It's, and good. it's funny because you know he's he kept going to Bob Shea's office trying to get this job, and he was just like coming all the time and he'd get rejected, but then he'd come back. And then they said after a while, it smelled like he wasn't taking showers. Like he started to smell bad because he was, he was just hanging around there so often. And Bob Shea, like in that documentary, he's like, you know, eventually we were just like, okay, fine, do it. (laughs) But considering that it's like, he did okay for, I mean, it's, it's no dream warriors. It's no nightmare on Elm street. No, it's, It's, I mean, I think, you know, what you were saying earlier, I think the nightmare, the 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 whole catalog suffers from the the only character that's really connected between movies is Freddy. And I feel like if they had, you know, like if Nancy survived, exactly kept going like that story. Well, that's what makes sense for the later ones, because they when they brought her back for whatever. Which one was that? What's up? She came, she came back in Dream Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then she came, but she came in later. Well, Heather, new nightmare. New Heather, nightmare. Heather I just, I think it's one of those things we need, we need to connect it, with somebody her, that's herself that's human. And if I think yeah. if they had a female lead or or just a story that like every other thing, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, even Tommy Jarvis stuff. Yeah, if they had that basic human that would just be a person that you would identify with. Yeah, I felt like that series would have done a lot better to connect with people. Yeah. Well, four four for me is a very weak entry to me, like not as weak as five. I, I find five pretty awful for the most part, yeah, but four I, I is, like is bad, even though it's credited to Ken and Jim wheat who worked on like fly Two and, um, silent scream and a couple of other genre films. But Brian Hegland, the guy who wrote LA confidential also worked on this script. But what's funny about it is that they had to go into filming during the 1988 WGA, the Writers Guild of America strike. Oh, I didn't know So um, the script was loosely written because, again, you have like less than a year time or something. It was such a short turnaround. I can't remember the timeline. But um, because because it was such a short timeline, it was almost like, I think, a first draft of the script. And they're like, that's all we have to work with because get it out because they're with the WGA and they're not going to write anymore because they're striking. So a lot of the so they're probably desperate just to get media. Well, I think a lot of the lines are improvised in this movie overall. So (laughs) were the puns in? I I don't know, but that but that's that's where I think is, and I don't mean to like hijack this. This is definitely like a bigger topic than the other movies that we're going to touch upon, but. I think it's oh. interesting because Freddy becomes popular and very punny in part four. And that's all improvised. So basically, if the WGA didn't strike, would Freddy be as pop culture? That's a good question. Yeah, these are yeah. these are the questions I think about. But anyway, it's not the best entry. 
but it's not the worst entry. Mm-hmm. It's a fun watch. It's <clears throat> if you're if you just want like goofy eighties fun, it's yeah. give give it another go. Good old times. And you watch this on HBO Max, but we just pulled up just watch and it's not available streaming unless yeah, you want to pay three bucks for it. Which, you know three dollars. If you don't have the Nightmare Collection, just get it. Because I don't believe you're a horror fan if you don't have it. How about that? Oh, my. <laughs> you want a big call out? Okay. Bitch. Speaking of horror films, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a movie called Blue Ruin. Um, this movie is one of the movies that I caught in uh, 2013, I think, uh, for Fantastic Fest. And this is directed by Jeremy Saunier, who at that point I only knew from Murder Party and I absolutely loved Murder Party. Um, but I saw this and I it, it stars Macon Blair, who's also the bearded guy in Murder Party that wears the hoodie with the wolf mask. Um, this is not necessarily a horror film, uh, but it is a very solid, tense revenge thriller. Uh, basically, Macon Blair plays a guy named Dwight who is a sort of beach bum. He's just... He's just a vagabond, really. Uh, lives outside of his car near a beach, and a cop comes up to him and says, "Okay, the the guy who was convicted for murdering your parents is getting out during a due to a plea deal." So, making Blair's character Dwight decides, "Well, that's not acceptable. These this guy killed my parents." So he shaves. Uh, puts a new battery in his car, tries to get as much money as he can to essentially go to this jail where the guy's being let out in Virginia. And um, he, I don't want to spoil anything. So stuff happens, but <laughs> it gets deeper. Um, but it is a very tense kind of cat and mouse movie um, and was obviously the the window to what Sonier would Brain with like you know green room and um later on with hold the dark which i wasn't the hugest fan of that's that movie on netflix with jeremy right um but i i enjoyed it and i think jeremy saunier is definitely knows how to film violence and make it very impactful yeah and then like th- just a thriller in general i feel like between that and green room it's just watching just this dread this intensity just build throughout the movie and it's I and, mean, Macon and Blair's a very everyday man. I mean, like, there's I, no skill. Yeah, that's him. why I like Macon Blair because he's like Joe Everybody, and I I think him as as an actor, it, it's he's like one of my favorites because he's I can I can see him as a normal just human being just doing this awful shit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a and I mean story. throughout the movie, you realize how incompetent he is with some of the weaponry. Right, like figuring like, it out. He's like, I don't know anything about guns, but right. you know, I know if I, I point and shoot, right. I'm, I might get you. But yeah, I mean, it's a solid movie. Um, I I think everybody owes it to themselves to watch it. Uh, it was the one movie that during Fantastic Fest I ended up watching twice in the theater because I was like, fuck it, this is probably my favorite movie of the year. So, yeah, that's on uh, Netflix. Uh, you could also rent it or buy it on Vudu. Pretty cheap. You can run it for 4 bucks on Vudu or buy it for 6 bucks. I would recommend buying it if you don't have Netflix. Um, but, yeah, it's available on Netflix if you pay for that. Sear. Yes. Um, yeah, next one I want to talk about is 2014's They're Watching, which is streaming also on Prime. I think every movie I talk about today is on Prime. Because that's just where a lot of horror it's movies are. It's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, basically, so it's it's your HGTV, like House Hunters International, basically. Which is funny because it's like also talking about how that show is kind of ridiculous. It's like these really artsy people, just in like the sh- regular show, yeah. want to go out to the middle of nowhere. At this place, it takes a place in M- Moldova. Okay. So let's go to the middle of nowhere, buy a house. It's like basically like a farm that's just run down. And she's like, yes, it's perfect. And you're there. The like whole crew's like, what? This is awful. This is just a barn. You're going to live here. So that's basically what happens is huh. they go to this 
place. She ends up buying the house and the crew leaves. Cut six months later, they come back to see what she's done, which they do in the like the House Hunters International like HGTV okay. show. Okay. They want to see what the what they've done with the place. And of course, they're like, well, that place was a piece of shit. So obviously it's going to still look like a piece <laughs> of shit. Uh, but they come back surprisingly. It's completely brand new. It's gorgeous. Um, but then they start to realize that the the neighbors or like the surrounding Moldovians, I think <laughs> okay. that's what they're called. Um, they don't take too kindly to her. They actually have nothing mm. to do with her. And it ends up going back into this history of that property was actually owned by what the people in town considered a witch. Huh. And okay. I don't I don't want to ruin it. But okay, well, I'll, yeah. just, I'll leave it at that. Cool. <laughs> so Yeah, this is I one I it. haven't seen. I, I liked it a lot. Um it is um if you're into, I think what we, we use the, the British uh, like severance. Severance. It yeah. reminds me a lot of severance okay, because so it's got that tongue in cheek. Very tongue in cheek. It's very funny. Yeah. The crew just fucks with you know. It's this. It's this crew who hate each other. They're all filming this like happy go lucky show that <laughs> they don't want to. You know, like nobody wants to be part of it. And yeah, shit goes bad for them eventually. So. I just like how we, we have the trailers just kind of playing in the loop in the background and I like how it credits like from the writers of Call of Duty Black Ops 2 and Spongebob Squarepants. I'm like Dude, that's what? Hilarious. That's funny. That's what I said like honestly there there's not a lot Why does that guy look familiar? Action. Is that Game of Thrones? Nicolau? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. He's funny. Okay. But yeah they call you know what they call that's my favorite line they call him Disco Dracula because he's like <laughs> Eastern so European bad. and he wears like you know like oh that's funny the old like suits yeah like the prince yeah with the uh, yeah, button ups open yeah and he's got a chain yeah no but no this looks solid it's it was it was yeah. super fun and um yeah <laughs> that's so fun <laughs> cool so this is uh again they're watching and it's available on Prime uh, if you have Prime, you can watch it for free, stream it for free. Cool. Um, Patrick. I watched The Eyes of Laura Mars. I bet you it came did. out in 1978. Uh, so this one's interesting. This is a, uh, it, it's about a fashion photographer. She takes photos of models who are kind of stylized in these violent situations. Like sometimes they'll look like they're dead. So it, Kind of some good foreshadowing of what's going to happen later in the movie. Played by Faye Dunaway. uh, Faye Dunaway, yes. Tommy Lee. So, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is in it as well. But she's basically this fashion photographer who's, uh, at one point in the movie, she starts taking photos. And then she gets a flash where suddenly she just sees through the eyes of a killer committing a murder. Oh, wow. So, and she doesn't know how it's happening, but she just start seeing these murders happening, but it's from the point of view of the killer. So, and it's usually when she's out taking photographs and she, uh, eventually starts putting together clues of the, who the killer is. Uh, and she gets the help of a, uh, police Lieutenant and that's Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Brad Dorff's in it also, which what? is pretty cool. And it's, it's weird. Cause it, it kind of feels like a jello a little bit. Oh like yeah, an Americanized Jello. Sure, yeah, and uh, it's it's really it's pretty good. I would say it's okay. Like I, it wasn't like I'm hit or miss when it comes to Jello movies, but yeah, this this really did keep my interest. And uh, what's interesting about it is Irvin Kershner directed it, and he did Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he did RoboCop too. That's funny. And, yeah, because he's he's known for doing more serious yeah, dramas and stuff. And, so that's yeah. John Carpenter, uh, well, he wrote the story. He's credited as screenwriter, but he says it changed quite yeah. a bit between. I find it funny that he was also, you know, he's credited for Black Moon Rising, which also stars yeah. Tommy Lee. But I think I read this was John Carpenter's first, like, accepted script. Accepted probably. script, yeah. I think. Into the major know, Hollywood before, scene. Yeah, I mean, this, this came out the same year as Halloween did, but... Uh, yeah. Wait, was I, this a TV? No, this wasn't a TV movie, was it? No, it was okay. in theaters. Okay. I couldn't remember. But uh, yeah, this is streaming on uh, Crackle. 
I mean, you got to deal with some ads. You got to deal with those it's, ads. They're just I, pee breaks. Pee breaks. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> not a, it's not a three-hour-long movie, It's though. not that long of a movie. Okay, so that's but, good. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I recommend it just because it's it's interesting concept. It's different than a lot of those films that are influenced by Giallo films that came out at the sure, time. Sure, so. yeah. No, heavy, heavy thriller, drama, detective kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it's kind of... The, the ending is kind of weird because... Uh, <laughs> Barbara Streisand does the theme song. Oh the shit! Okay, so it's kind of oh, yeah. little. You didn't lead with that, Patrick. So Babs, you can watch it in HD on Amazon, Google Play, and YouTube for four bucks. Um, actually, didn't you buy this? Yes, on Blu-ray. I, this was in the five dollar bin. Yeah. Walmart. So yeah, on Blu-ray. I mean, if you don't mind so. going to a Walmart and digging through. A five dollar bin. Yeah, I don't mind crackle, but like I was gonna talk about yeah, I saw the devil. It was like three hours long. I'm like, no, it's like three and a half hours long <laughs> with crackle. Ads. Yeah. It's like <laughs> no. The worst experience of my life. I I still feel bad about that. Uh, backstory for the everybody that's listening. I let Niles borrow I Saw the Devil, like the magnet release from here in the States, and he said it didn't play on his PS4. <clears throat> so it was probably me. He ended up watching it on Crackle, and I can't even fathom watching that movie on Crackle because it's so fucking grim, and then you have product that's trying to be sold to you. It's like, hey, let's smile. Let's go to Target. I'm like, no, I'm watching something. Not now. Not now. Kraft I'm crying. And I'm crying. <laughs> but, yeah, Eyes of Laura Mars. There you go. Okay. Um, so I checked out um, a Shutter exclusive we. it's uh yeah well yeah technically uh Niles and i checked out random acts of violence directed by jay baruchel yes that jay baruchel and um you know i mean it's uh it's a movie so <laughs> <laughs> look uh I, I there are things i like about it there are things a lot of stuff i don't like about it um but i i think this should be on people's radar, and I, if it if it does have a saving grace, it does live up to the name of random acts of violence. Because when it gets violent, it is fucking brutal. Um, so the basic story of this is there is a comic book writer and his publisher, and I think the publisher's assistant, and um, another girl who is romantically entwined with the comic book writer. It's his wife. It, oh, it's wife. Yep. That's oh shit! Married. I didn't even they're make that okay. connection. They're, they're oh, okay. Uh, so husband and wife, but <laughs> the wife is actually wanting to uh, write about a killer, the I ninety killer, who inspired uh, the comic book called Get Ready. You ready? Slasher Man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, that's the name. That's of the name the of the comic. Comic. Uh, so anyway, uh, the the guy who comes up with Slasher Man is married to this woman who's actually trying to tell the stories of the victims, much like true crime does today. So I thought that was kind of an interesting blend. Um, but for the most part, uh, basically they're going on a road trip, kind of trying to get inspiration for the final issue of Slasher Man. He doesn't have an ending for his final issue before he bows out. So uh, they're hoping to you know, inspire him by going on a uh, road trip uh, to different motels and also doing some radio spots and uh, maybe some television uh, appearances and, like, fan appearances. So it it does set up the story pretty well um, as far as the kind of conflict that this guy kind of goes through, even though one thing kind of got lost on Niles... And I picked up on it right away, so it makes me wonder if it's easily conveyed through the movie because I, I guess I can kind of see where, where it kind of isn't. Um, I don't want to give it away in case you know, in case it's not supposed to be as apparent or obvious as it should be, or as I thought it was. But um, yeah, the killer is donning like a welding helmet, and I, I gotta tell you, like some of the scene, the attack scenes are fucking nuts. Um, it, they are probably the most violent scenes I've ever seen, uh, or at least in the past year or two. I mean, I would say a lot of the kills reminded me of Terrifier, 
because it was brutal. There was there's no remorse. It's just it is what it is. It's unflinching. Yeah, Yeah. this is happening. Well, the first attack reminded me a lot of Zodiac. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I get I I get what you're saying with the terrifier bit because it's it's just like unapologetic. Yeah, no, it is gruesome violence. Which I I mean, let's be honest, and that's like the title. Uh, Well, I mean, isn't all violent attacks mean spirit? You know what I mean? Like, is the movie as a whole like does it have that? (laughs) No, not at all. I. You no, know, so I kind of disagree with that a little bit. I think the rest of the movie is literally a road trip movie, and then there's really brutal fucking violence. I think a it couple gets, handful of times. I think it gets mean spirited. I, I was a lot. I was a lot harsher on this what? film than I think Andy was. But I, so, I expected. I'll be honest. I expected a better script. I thought that Jay, as a person, was. I think he's funny, and I've seen him outside of a movie i don't know why this isn't funny there's no like they're they're trying yeah, to no be humor. funny they're trying to be funny it's not funny yeah it's weird because i'm the only one here who hasn't seen this but i had I, like i saw that you quote. peeked in a couple of i saw that quote that was going around by jay i don't know if you saw that oh he sounded like like he was kind of like knocking on the genre and saying hmm. like oh it's known for this and that and like I'm doing this, which is a brand new thing. And I was no, just it's not. like, eh, you said like a guy who hasn't seen a lot of. No, honestly, <laughs> this is this is the Hitcher mixed with, uh, you know, fucking Highwayman. High, yeah, Highwayman. <laughs> Same director. Uh, yeah. Jeepers Creepers. Fucking, <laughs> you know, anything with a person following a person. I thought it was going to go into a different direction, which uh, if it did go in that direction, I might have been maybe more into it. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's pretty, it's mediocre, but if you have shutter, I, maybe it's worth a watch with, you know, a couple of drinks in you. Like I said, the, the violent parts are very violent. Um, like they made me flinch a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. So if you're in it for the violence or the gore, maybe this movie will satisfy your needs, but I will also say it's kind of far and few between two. So it's okay. Um, I'm kind of more interested in reading. I don't know if this is a comic series or graphic novel, um, but it is based on some sort of graphic novel or a comic series. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to me, that format is kind of more interesting because it's about comic writers. So it's very meta. Meta. Maybe meta. Meta. (laughs) Um, I almost forgot to bring up what I think it's actually a lot like which Whoa. is tenebrae yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh the killer follows the kills of the brighter oh i've not heard that before right so yeah that that's the thing i didn't mention is that like he's basically copying from the pages of the graphic novel um which is about the i-90 killer so he is the i-90 killer it's it's kind of confusing but um and I only say it's only confusing because I haven't told you the end. So anyway, that's it. Uh, Random acts of violence. It's available on Shudder if you pay for it. Noils. Um, yeah. My next watch, which was random. I saw the, the cover. It was on. It's a brand new film that just released on Prime called Murder, Death, Koreatown. And it's so new that Just Watch doesn't have... It's any so information new. on it. Like it says it's not streaming anywhere, but we assure you it's on Prime. And I'll okay, so let me give this premise. I don't think this was shot anywhere near our lockdown since February, but it is very relevant to today because basically it's a man who had lived he lives in LA and he's lost his job. And him and his girlfriend live together, and all of a sudden one of his neighbors gets murdered by his wife. So he becomes very, he never starts noticing things because he's home all the time. He starts noticing things. He starts noticing bloodstains far away from the building. He starts noticing anything. So he, his thing, I think, is he's stuck at home like all of us. So I, I really did identify with this because I was like, oh, my God, this guy's like losing his shit. He's going around with a camera. And just trying to figure out this murder. And like, why did your wife kill you? Like, and the cops won't talk to him. And it's basically him doing this investigative report with himself. And no one else is supporting him. Like, anyone who talks to him doesn't want to have anything to do with him. His 
his wife is basically like, or his girlfriend is like, you should probably stop. You're looking manic. You should probably get a job. Like, <laughs> like that's what everyone's telling him. But as it goes further and further, it starts getting a little supernatural. Okay. Which I that's as, okay, that's as far as I'm gonna go to ruin it. Tell me more. Yeah, here. I can't. I can't because there's that's the thing. It's a found footage movie. So there's not a lot. It's a simple movie to watch. I think okay. it's ending, the climax of it is great. Um, but it's really about a man trying to figure out is he going insane or is he is the world around him going insane? Mm. He's trying to okay. it's an inner struggle of him like trying to deal with his own issues and figure out I'm gonna add know. this to my watch list. Yeah, it's oh. I, I thought it was great and it's not a it's not a hard watch. So um it's only an hour and nineteen minutes. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah it's quick, decent. handheld. Yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, it's not shot. It's you know well, it's found, found footage. footage. So yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to deal with that. Um and then I think he overdoes the found footage aspects because he wants to seem like he's erratic. He's maybe losing it during the entire filming of it. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Because he has a hard time trying to get the answers he wants to like what actually happened to this man who got murdered and like no one wants to talk to him. <laughs> but yeah, murder, okay. death, Korea town. I would death suggest Korea it, if you want to watch a brand new film that, is very relevant to today in our isolation and how you feel. Maybe it's that. Okay. It's like that. Okay. And also in case you don't know, in case I forget to remind everybody, all these titles are in our show notes. And if you click on it, it will take you to the just watch page. So for this one, it'll just take you to Amazon prime, the page to watch it. So cool. Uh, Patreon. I watched 1973's Messiah of evil. So I'm this, interested to see what you say. This is basically this uh, woman is traveling to a beach town in California. Uh, she's trying to meet up with her father, who she discovers has disappeared, and he's left behind this diary with all these cryptic messages in it and descriptions of these weird nightmares he's been having and he's also left behind some art in this art gallery and with depictions of men wearing like these creepy looking dudes wearing black suits and which may or may not be figures from his nightmare. I don't think that part was ever really quite explained, but but (laughs) it sets it up for, you know, he's been having these weird ass dreams and nightmares, but he, uh, she meets this guy who's, He's like, uh, he, I think he's from, I think he's Portuguese, right? He, he's Portuguese, like, yeah. Por- yeah, he's Portuguese. He's, he's a, Portuguese. he's a, Port- uh, nah. Port- listen, I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> you just, uh, you just say what you feel, It's brother. weird, but. Why don't you say it again? I think he's Portuguese. I think he's Portuguese. I think he's Portuguese. And uh, it's weird because he's. He's got these two women with him who are like groupies almost. And like, it's this, you, you kind of get this weird cult vibe from like a Manson what's going figure. on. And then, but then like, it's, this one is kind of hard to talk about without, yeah, you, without yeah. spoiling anything. But you, you have these talks about like, there's like this, they refer to it as blood moon. I think mm-hmm. that happens and something's getting ready to happen in this town. And, you eventually you get to these kind of ghoulish creatures that are not creatures, but like I said, it's hard to describe without. Are they demons? I would say more vampiric. Yeah, vampires. It's written and directed by Gloria Katz and William Hike, who very well known for writing American Graffiti. Oh yeah, and Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. They did rewrites on the first Star Wars movie. Oh, they, okay. they, had, they had a lot of collaborations with George Lucas. Interesting, actually. But, okay. Yeah, but, wasn't wasn't uh, it them and like some of the editors of Star Wars that kind of saved the movie? They wrote, or hypothetically, that's what people think. They added like a lot of. The, I was watching the documentary on YouTube. They added like a this. lot of the fast paced dialogue, like with Han and Leia. Like they they wrote most of like. 
most of the funny lines, I would say. So yeah. like they they added more humor to the script, and that was pretty much then. There, there's actually like a a book I have where it, it's like the annotated screenplay, and it says in parentheses like which lines were written by them. Oh, and so it's okay. kind of cool. But uh, yeah, um, I would say I respect it. <laughs> I didn't love it. Yeah, I wanted to. Okay, love it. so you you did not love this film. I did not love it, but I respected it because I was. It's it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of artsy. Five stars. Would you give it? Letterbox. I'd give it a three. Solid three. Yeah, worth a watch. Yeah, worth yeah. a watch. Watch it's, it. I mean, because it's okay. Well, I think it's worth a watch because it, it came out in '73. Which is like four years before Suspiria, so that's yeah. why I always find that it's funny that that's early. It always that's early gets in the film catalog. It. Yeah, so. and there is a very creepy scene in the movie theater. That yeah, that part I mean, did. At the very least, if you don't like this movie, that scene will stand out and stay with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is very vague and kind of nonsensical if you really want to be honest. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, I think if you like Euro horror, like Falchi and, you know, um, just Italian horror films. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I think this is kind of an interesting take on it. And it's it's totally American. It takes place in California Beach Town. Yeah. I I have a feeling Niles might like it. I think he would. Me. I think it would be more your cup of tea. I like tea. Cause, <laughs> cause like it, the, it's weird. Like sixties and seventies. Well, like one part of the seventies, I would say, but like when you're kind of bleeding in from the late sixties, it's like that era of horror is not my favorite era. I, I would say. Yeah. Cause it, you, spider baby bucket of blood. That it's, kind of stuff. you know, it's very like groovy and you, yeah, you it's know very groovy. I mean? Like it's I, based on the, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's what they and thought this, horror was, was Charles Manson. So anything yeah. psychedelic, yeah. That era, anything trippy brother. Yeah, yeah. Anything trippy and dealing with like, and it has thing. to deal with the blood moon. So you have the astrology. It totally is kind of a, oh, I think if you're into like, I'll watch it. If you're into culty, my wife would, you would like it, but I respect it because you know, it, it's, I mean, it, it 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 looks good. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I I think it's beautifully photographed. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I get why people wouldn't like it for sure. Because I mean, it's silly, probably. For it's it's actually not that. Silly. It's not silly. Like it's, it's not. It's meaning just, to be it's silly, very but it's slow. Silly. It's dry. It's oh. very dry. Very dry. Um, but I mean, I think. I, I kind of don't like it, it, it to be. I, I kind of like it being dry because I think scenes like the movie theater really stick out. Yeah, yeah because it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. The whole um, ending was House pretty. Of the, devil. the whole ending was pretty yeah. exciting, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, liked, I, I, I like it. You know, I know it also gets the the acronym or not acronym, slow but burn. the slow burn. Yeah. yeah, right. I love a slow burn. The, the buzzword. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's worth a watch, and uh, it's on a couple of different platforms. Yeah. I believe. I think it's on Amazon. Uh, f- well, okay, yeah, Amazon for streaming, Hoopla. If you have Direct TV, Epics, Pluto TV. Um, I want to say it might even be on Tubi. I don't know. Do you have anything else written down? So uh, it's also on uh, YouTube. If you go to the channel called Creature Features, and you have Barbara Crampton co-hosting it, which is kind of fun. Oh, so we'll drop a link in the so show. So there's too. like little breaks between the movie where she's talking about the movie, and it's if you want it to, well, that's cool. if you want to spice it up a little more. What does she have to do with the well, movie? She's just showing that, it. She's, no, I think she had she's just, just like, like a, a little program. Yeah, she was a guest on this channel, and. So yeah, that's one way to watch it. Cool. It's fun. Yeah. Now, I mean, I recommend Messiah of Evil. I know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but um, speaking of tea and cup of, not everybody's cup of tea, I watched Mausoleum from 1983. (laughs) (laughs) So this was recently put out by Vinegar Syndrome on Blu-ray and has killer art from Gary Pullen. But um, yeah, this movie is a lot of uh, WTF for sure. Basically, um, this woman goes into a mausoleum, and as we later find out, her bloodline, whoever is like the firstborn daughter or something, um, if they go in and remove the crown of thorns that apparently is just holding these two gates together, uh, shit gets real. 
that's the best I can explain it, I guess. She, she gets naked. Yeah, she gets naked. Well, not as a kid. No. So she was there to explore the mausoleum. All I know is she got real freaky because of them green sure, eyes. Sure, okay. But um, as a young young Susan, if Baby you remember, Susan? it just said young Susan, introducing so-and-so as young Susan. My favorite rapper, young Susan. <laughs> yeah. um, she was there because her mother passed away, and they were at the funeral, and she explored this mausoleum, and yeah. Anyway, the yeah, the big takeaway is that her eyes turn green. She has kind of like this telepathic, psychokinetic ability it's to scares. like do things to people and control people. Um, but then as you later, like that's what it starts to turn out and you later find out it's a demonic possession. Uh, it's a really, look, it's put out by Vinegar Syndrome so you should know what you're kind of getting into. It is a very nonsensical movie but a lot of people know this movie from the cover art from the VHS and it, it does, I mean, it does have fucking killer artwork for the VHS tape where it's got the skull above the mausoleum. But the the problem is, is like, yeah, this movie is just, it, it ain't great. Um, it's kind of fun to watch when you're drunk, which I was trying to get that way. <laughs> but but it's I okay. laughed. Yeah, you laughed and I'm like, well, game over. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very nonsensical. Uh, it's very goofy. Uh, John Beekler did some of the, uh, did all the effects, I think. So, you know, I mean, he's from Belleville, so kind of a hometown. This looks like one of, of those VHS, like the cover art, looks like something that would have stood out to me. Oh, yeah. Story. Yeah. I mean, shit. This I feel like gets, I've seen it before. The cover art gets mimicked all the fucking time. I think even Slasher Dave probably mimicked it. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's worth a watch if you're drunk. You know, if you're looking for a party movie, you can do that. Uh, <laughs> In she the seduces. Google results, it actually has... You can watch it through the VHS tape version on YouTube. No, oh, really? <laughs> I think my favorite thing is, is so like there's like this greasy gardener who basically oh, yeah. tries to, to seduce the wife or the, the main character. And she's like, no. But then later on, she's like, she's like yeah. Right, let's go. Let's fucking do yeah. it, brother. So Mausoleum is available... On streaming, I watched it through Shutter, but it's also available on Prime, Tubi with ads, and something called Flixfling, which I've seen a couple of times on these. So you could watch it that way. But uh, honestly, it, it's it's one of those things. If you're having Zoom watch parties or something, maybe get drunk and watch Mausoleum. Use the watch party you're feature gonna on need Amazon. Support. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need some support on this one. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm very glad I didn't buy this on Blu-ray during the Black Friday sale because <laughs> this is one that like you don't a lot have of people, this one. I'm no, surprised. A lot of people were Can we going pull out for some of the other yeah, gems you got. Yeah, worst dead. movies. Well, I was let's just say, like see with the better ones you did buy. Look, that cover art always drew me in, so I think I rented it as a kid. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I I remember I always associated something bad to this movie, so. I think that's why I didn't get it. Even though the I think the slip cover goes for like forty bucks alone or something stupid. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Mausoleum from nineteen eighty three. So that is it. That's everything we got to talk about. That's right. Okay. That's good. good. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. You sure? I'm okay. watching American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. How about that? Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. Trailer. Oh, I still haven't watched the trailer. Oh, I haven't seen it either. Oh, I'm excited. Maybe we we'll should watch, watch that. Yeah, we'll, I'll, cool. I'll throw we'll it watch on. It. Um. Anyway, well, okay. Well, I was just checking in. I hope know? everybody's doing. Okay. Yeah, we hope, hope everybody's. Good. Are I miss you, you guys. Are you okay, little, everybody? Are you okay, little fella? We miss drinking beer with you. Yeah, I miss you. I miss you. Okay. Well, you can follow uh, me on Twitter and Instagram at Treefy, T-R-I-E-F-Y. You can follow me on Instagram and Letterboxd and Facebook at NilesMaddox22. You can follow me on Twitter at MaxRebo-Rules and Instagram at Patekin Skywalker. What about Letterboxd? We didn't give any letter- Letterboxd. Just look, We're on there, too. Just look up, just look up Patrick Orkamp. You'll find me. You can find me there on Treefy as well. Uh, you can find us all as a collective on Twitter and Instagram at Destroy the Brain. 
and uh, visit the site, if you will. DestroyTheBrain.com. Yeah. 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 The killer track for this episode is Nightmare from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. And it's by Tuesday night. All right. Anyway, we will see you next week. <laughs> or will we? <laughs> or will we? Stay safe. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. 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 Bye.